Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to another edition of Super Coach Edge, where we bring you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. Now, mate, we're at the dreaded point in the season: the buys. Yeah. Do we play the celebration sting? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> my favourite time of the year. Yeah. My favourite time of the year. How much planning have you put into it? Um, Did you even know this weekend was a buy? What's what's buys? <laughs> what I think those? there's a lot of people out there that are probably um, only just realizing that it's the buys. Yes, it is uh, the weeks where your top 18 scorers count towards your overall score for the week. And um, yeah, it's always uh, always good fun, isn't it? Yeah, well, what are buys? I'm serious. <laughs> well, you'll find out this weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll be getting to, uh, into all things buys in the episode ahead. But first, just a reminder as to where our listeners can find us across our social channels. Yeah, on Twitter, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at demoj88. Myself at, at liamevans underscore 95 on Facebook and Insta. Just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Yes, and uh, we also want to give a massive shout out to our newest Patreon supporter in Cade Appleby. Uh, thanks so much, mate, for your, for your support and signing up. It uh, it's really, is, uh, really is much appreciated. Very, very much appreciated from our end. It, uh, it shows that we've actually got some listeners, which is uh, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, thanks for the support. And that gives us a bit of validation. Yeah, it's great to have a, a nice growing community around us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in all seriousness, it's um, it's very good uh, in terms of Discord. Uh, we've since added uh, influx of new people who were uh, recipients or, I guess, winners of the competition that we had in the, the past few weeks. So um, thanks again for those people joining in and uh, yeah, helping us grow a thriving community. Yeah, it's great with all the banter. Absolutely. Always good fun. But um, moving on to our first segment, which is uh, selling to slowly become my favorite segment of the week because it is Do we have to? a segment where the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick this segment off 
as we introduce the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all over to you. Wow. Every week, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players have stood out for good, both and bad reasons. I guess I'll kick it off again. Really? Why are you kicking it off again? Yeah, all right. Tell the people why you're kicking it off. Yeah, I am kicking it off because I did not win. I'm not really liking this trend. Uh, my score for the week was respectable enough with a 2265. Uh, did see me again climb the ranks uh, by about 421 spots into 4,325 overall. Hopefully, I'm able to keep this going and kickstart that rise again. Just quickly, my trades this week, just the one, uh, trying to be a bit more conservative. I brought in my boy Darcy Ooh. Parrish and traded out. Uh, McNeil from uh, the Bulldogs. DP3 went big with a 136 on debut in my side. I was uh, tossing up between him and Steele and ultimately chose with my heart and uh, I guess my head as well. But uh, the points on the weekend probably in hindsight don't show that. Uh, Just quickly onto my scores for the round. McRae was my highest scoring player with a 145. Lloyd followed with 143. Short Oliver Parrish, Zeret Gore, Jay-Z, Hall all chipped in with scores over 100. In the bad column, I have Walsh. Uh, he was actually looking quite promising very early on. I thought he might be in for a big one, but uh, didn't eventuate, unfortunately. I think Cripper took, took too much of his score, if you ask me. Uh, Laird, EMP, Jayeth, uh, Ridders, and Daniel round out the bad scores. And in the way of ugly, there wasn't a heap of ugly on my field. Uh, McRae coming on as the injury sub and scoring six and then actually decreasing in price wasn't wasn't great. <laughs> Thank you very much, Buckley. Uh, but well, also, I guess Grundy's injury wasn't great. His score wasn't too bad, but uh, hopefully he does recover quickly and we get to see him back on the park as soon as possible. What about yourself, Damon? Yes, uh, well, I'm just quite thankful now that I've reversed the trend uh, of this segment because I was really getting sick of kicking off the segment. <laughs> so I'm glad now that um, you've taken that mantle for the time being. But yeah, I had a very decent week. Scored 2302, which is nice. uh, my second consecutive score of 2,300 plus. Um, so yeah, it was obviously um, quite pleasing. And my ranking has risen tight, to 6,173. And I've actually shifted a total of 12k spots over the past Oof. five weeks, so slowly, slowly building. Nice um, though. It's like the um, the hare and the tortoise. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, I'm slowing down. <laughs> You're slowing down. You just need a bit of a break. And... <laughs> Hopefully, the buyers will help there. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like I'm the I'm the rookie that's uh, you know they get to the buyers and they're like, oh no, I'm so tired. And then they come back out. And they're like, yeah, one week off. I'm I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, right. hopefully we see that happen from here. Or if you're, in, you know, in the case of uh, Jordan Dugowie, you go off and have a, a whole week bender and then come back <laughs> firing. Or a Dane Swan, I should say. Yeah. Anyway, in terms of my trades, uh, like yourself, I, I was trying to be a little bit more conservative, as we say, every week um, because <laughs> I've used a, a slew of trades. But yeah, used just the one, uh, which I used to pull the trigger on CJ. Unfortunately, it was a uh, time to <laughs> say goodbye. Um, sad. Unfortunately, it was it was quite sad, but uh, did his service in my team, went up in price a fair bit and helped me bridge the gap in a direct trade to Jack Steele. Nice. In return, shifted uh, Laird from the midfield into defence, 
uh, and brought, obviously, Steele into the midfield. So, as we outlined last week, you could have potentially waited a week on Steele, but uh, I just, you know, I think it was my... Um, my super coach senses were tingling um, and backed in my gut that he was going to produce a half-decent score. And he did just that and more with a team high 154 points on debut for my team. So that there was quite pleasing. And, and probably the the, uh, the one trade so far this season that I've actually, I, I could probably rate an A+, plus because everything else has been thereabouts, but um, that was good to see. Yeah. In terms of the breakdown of good, bad and ugly, so for the good, Steele, obviously, uh, Lloyd, Zeret, Oliver, McRae, Gorn, Hall, and Jay-Z all produced decent scores. Bad, uh, I've got Walshy in there just because of the fact that, yeah, early on, like you said, looked like he was going to be in for a rip-snorter of a match, but mm. uh, unfortunately he didn't. Um, so a bit low to his standards. Uh, Ridley scored 64 again. Hasn't really come back the same player before, you know, he went down with concussion, has he? Apart from that, Impey scored 62, down on form, and Daniel as well. He's becoming a bit of a roller coaster in his own right. Um, so I wonder if he's bought a ticket on the roller coaster. <laughs> Unfortunate there. In terms of the ugly, there wasn't really anything massive to classify uh, any player as ugly. But, I mean, yeah, probably should mention Grundy's unfortunate injury affected 76. Did hurt, but uh, given that um, most serious super coaches have him already, the individual effect is negated. Yeah. Going on to the running tally, Liam. Yep, so I uh, probably got to tidy up my game and my team a bit. I think the buys may be a bit of a make or break for the season, hopefully. Uh, I still sit luckily on top, but you've definitely bridged the gap. Six wins to myself, five losses, and a percentage of 100.56. And for yourself, five wins, six losses, and a percentage of 99.45. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very close, very close. And yeah, I'm just trying to get ever so close to you and uh, I'm almost I'm trying to become the human glove where I'm just going to be that close that I'm just wearing you it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again or something I don't know that didn't come out quite right but uh, you, <laughs> you get the point very happy two wins on the trot and I'm definitely back within striking distance and for those of you who have seen John Wick there's a famous line that he says and this is how I feel at the moment Liam People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> and time now to discuss some of the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. Grundy headlined the weekend's proceedings with an unfortunate neck injury forcing him to be subbed out of the game. Early reports from Collingwood state he is likely to miss two to three weeks, which comes at the perfect time given we are restricted to a best 18 score across the next three weeks of buys. Also, just in terms of injuries to Ruckman, Toby Nan Kerbis was another who sustained an injury on the weekend with news coming out actually... Uh, just before we recorded this podcast on Tuesday evening at 9pm, uh, Richmond have come out saying that uh, the knee injury he sustained on the weekend is classified as medium term, but they haven't yet set a solid timeline for his return, so that's quite annoying. But uh, on the upside, though, it is going to increase the job security, you'd think, of the rookie in Callum Coleman-Jones, who on the weekend absolutely smashed it. Speaking of that man, uh, the Rook Richmond rookie gave Tigers fans an insight into their future. Our forward once Freewalt retires with an impressive display of four goals and a score of 112. 
Nice score there. Uh, mm. Coming in at a price of 161.2K. He'll be one to target heading into round 14, given he'll only be playing his second game this weekend and has the bye in round 13. Absolutely. He, he is one to keep an eye on for sure. Another rookie sensation on the horizon is that of Reeves from Hawthorne. Now, the young Ruckman has played two games to scores of 82 and 90, and with the Hawks having the bye this weekend, will be right for the picking heading into round 13 with a swap for Flynn, potentially able to net you a cool 243.8K. Just a little bit of cash. Oh, just, just a smidge just to uh, line your pockets with. And speaking of buyers, it's probably time now we spend a fair chunk of this episode dedicated to discussing what presents us, which means it's time for our limited time only segment, Bye Bye Bye. Take it away, Franco. Michalo, Michalo is a grandson. Franco, God, so is in Brandon. Footless cry, footless cry, footless cry, footless cry, footless cry. Bye bye, Franco, God, so in Brandon. He can footless cry. Ole! Oh, that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I reckon he could uh, take up a take up a spot on, on The Voice or, or X Factor. Unfortunately, when we sent in the brief for his interpretation of InSync's Bye Bye Bye, he went just a little bit off script and misinterpreted bye as bye, which is B-U-Y, <laughs> and probably had a little too much creative license. But I guess that's his new hit, Bye from Franco Cozzo. Bye, Franco Cozzo. <laughs> you can find it. <laughs> And you'll find that on all, uh, wherever you find your music, I guess. Uh, Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, uh, brushes. Um, <laughs> is it still around? So as we have discussed at, at length so far, uh, the buys are upon us, unfortunately. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll just kick off quickly with who has the buy this week. So this week uh, we've got Gold Coast, Geelong, GWS, Hawthorne, North Melbourne and Port Adelaide taking a bit of a break. Uh, from playing this week. And Damon, do you want to just uh, touch on a bit of the, the few of the players that are impacted by this round? Yeah, it's probably the most favourable of all three buys, uh, given that it doesn't really affect too many of the main players uh, that are in most of our teams. Yeah. Uh, and really only impacts the main players in Jay-Z, Aaron Hall, Impey, Taranto, Flynn and Lockie Jones. Anyone else outside of that, potentially, uh, Boak uh, comes to mind also. Yeah. Uh, We've got Tom Mitchell from Hawthorne. Josh Kelly. Um, Tom Stewart from Geelong. Mm. Uh, Guthrie, if you've got him. Oh, Guthrie. Yes, of course. Took Miller, potentially. Uh, so there are a few players there, uh, particularly lining people's midfields uh, that yeah. will have the buy this week. But like I said, uh, compared to uh, rounds 13 and 14, uh, this one is nothing. the most favorable. Yeah, it's water for ducks back virtually. Yeah, pretty much. So now turning our attention to the age-old question, how to navigate the bias. So if you haven't made a trading plan heading into the buys like yourself, Liam, even if you didn't <laughs> realize it's the buy at the moment, well, yes, it is the first week of the buys and it potentially isn't too late to formulate a plan. Well, hopefully not. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be good. Just Yeah, I'm okay. Pray to the super coach gods. That's 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 the way to navigate the buys. That's my nightly ritual. <laughs> that's why I'm not cursed like Emperor. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he is uh, he's just being smited by the other uh, gods. Got to pay your respects. In terms of navigating the buyers in all seriousness, the best and most useful way of trading around the buyers is trading in players after they have had their buy. Now, why, you may ask? Well, because it means you know they'll play across the remaining two buy rounds mm-hmm. or one buy round, depending on if you're getting them 
in next week. One example I give is trading in Aaron Hall after his buy this weekend. So obviously there's no use trading him in now, given he won't play, obviously. So his price isn't going to change regardless, uh, even though he is projected to rise 13K. So if you do grab him next week, you can be assured that he plays across the remaining two buy weeks in rounds 13 and 14. Yeah, and likewise, uh, this also applies to players that are obviously about to have their buy on that given week. So uh, Waterman's a good example. Uh, he has his buy in round 13, meaning he'll obviously be down one player then. By trading him to another player who is playing, such as upgrading him to Hall, who has obviously had his buy by that stage, not only will you be gaining a player in your best 18 for that given round, but the added bonus in this trade is you're also trading in someone that has already had their buy in round 12, when they also play in round 14. So in short, you're trading someone out who is about to have their buy for someone who has already had their buy. Another key point is to avoid too many sideways trades. Obviously, injuries don't come into this, but I have seen quite a few trade ideas posted on Twitter and Facebook that have people trading out players like Taranto to Cripps or or a Mitchell to Merritt. These trades are just way too sideways, especially if you're only doing them to cover for a donut. You really want to hold your primos and only trade out cash cows who are fat and upgrading to players coming out of their buy or downgrading to bank some cash. Gotta love me those fat cash cows. <laughs> At the end of the day, the way you approach the buys is also dictated by the goal you've got. So if you're playing for overall, you want to minimize your donuts across all three weeks. And if you're playing alternatively for leagues slash head-to-head, you might throw one week, potentially round 13, knowing that it's a hard buy. So I think, you know, it's probably silly to say that everyone's going to get through the buy weeks unscathed. Um, and if you find that you, you haven't really planned too well heading into the bye weeks uh you may find it impossible to you know not avoid a day night so uh, i guess one alternative is yeah just throwing picking one of the weeks based upon your league and head-to-head matchups and then working out from there as to which plays to your advantage based upon your opponents definitely and just so for instance looking at my own buy structure i'm going to struggle to field a full team next week and potentially the week after so looking at my side round 13 I've got about 16 players and round 14 I have 17 players so obviously use some trades this week to try and correct that but ultimately I just think the season isn't a sprint so we'll probably look to minimize my losses and springboard out of the buys with some trades yeah it's 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 super hard just because no matter how much work you put into planning for the buys Chances are there's going to be something that, you know, there's going to, some, something's going to come up, whether it be injury, suspensions, yeah. that really throws a spanner in the works. And that's happened to me over the previous few seasons as well, where I think, oh, you know, I'm going to try and trade in this rookie in round, you know, the second buy round. And then I find out when it gets to that round, that play has been dropped. So there's going to be stuff like that, which, you know, throws your plans up in the air. So you've really got to be able to maneuver on the fly if you can and just minimize the amount of, I guess, yeah, potential donuts that you're going to face from week to week mm-hmm. whilst trying to upgrade your team around that. So it's it's quite a few different factors to, um, I guess, yeah, work into, you know, building your best team across the buy period. Yeah, of course. And just remember that everyone's in the same boat as well. Most people have very similar primos. Um, they're going to be having the same buys obviously so everyone's sort of in that same in that same position that you are um so just understand that you you, you're not alone in it as well yeah exactly and for just want to reiterate that point as well that you made about trading players just because they're going to have a buy yeah trading them to someone who 
hasn't yet had a buy or is playing that weekend. So I know there's going to be and. I could probably uh, probably group my um, my stepdad into this as well because he's very trade happy and he's very short sighted or you know plays the game very short term. Yeah. So if you're trading like you said a Toronto to a Crips, sure you're patching a hole for that given week, but then when Carlton have their buy, you're going to be left in the same position. You're going to be a player down. Yeah. So and really in terms of that trade in itself, it's very sideways like you mentioned doesn't help your team longer term in any way. It's not an upgrade on Taranto. So you've really got to plan longer term. And don't just use the trades across the buy period to patch your team, but try and use it to upgrade and really maximize the amount of points and um, I guess primos on offer um, that you that you have. So yeah, look into it a little bit further if you can and um, don't use the, the buy period just to navigate you know, around donuts. Definitely. And if anyone has any uh, further questions or need any further clarification around the buys, feel free to hit us up on socials and yeah, we'll happily look at your team and uh, yeah, throw out any suggestions that we can to help you out. But uh, moving on now to our next segment, which is Liam. I'm the captain captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes, that's right. In I'm the Captain Now, we bring you our top choices for the vice captain and captaincy. We'll be discussing some of the key options and maybe even some that are a little bit left of field. So we'll kick off with uh, the big ruckman in uh, Gorn uh, against Brizzy this weekend, playing Friday night. It's got an average in the last four of just 94.5, quite a low score there, that uh, equates to scores of 157, which obviously shows that he's got some uh, quite low scores coming up, uh, 46, 97, and 78. He's an interesting proposition. I think he hasn't been scoring as well uh, in the last few weeks as what we probably would have thought. Obviously, Jackson is affecting his some of his, his score in there with the ruck, uh, but... Is potentially worth a VC option. Um, the average doesn't look great. I assume that the 46 was probably injury affected, 97 and 78, I would say would be against uh, uh, Stefan Martin, who obviously isn't there anymore. And the last one would have been against Oscar McInerney. Uh, so there's potential for a big score, but uh, it's sort of a bit of a risk as well. I like to go by past form and the fact that, yeah, he's yeah. only averaging 94.5 doesn't really fill me with too much confidence. Yeah, you could roll the dice because it is gone at the end of the day. But I'm looking at the more attractive teammate of his, probably uh, figuratively and literally as well. You've got to love a bit of uh, the big saucy. <laughs> what about Gorn's beard? Gorn's got a good beard. No, uh, he does, he does. But he, he hasn't got that, that fiery <laughs> orange hair and he doesn't look like a big, fat, sweaty pig. Because he, when he sweats it up, he looks like a big, fat, pig pig. <laughs> when, he, when he gets really into, into the, the heat of the action and that I probably should say who his name is and if you haven't you can't tell already it is that man Oliver Clayton Oliver (laughs) facing the Lions of course averaging in his last four against them 131.25 Liam oof this this has the scent of uh a 200 plus type score about it does it not it does it does actually let me just fill you in so uh he's at scores of 177, 103, 146, and 99. So uh, obviously a lot more attractive compared to Gorn in his past four against the Lions. But for me, the one thing that I really love is that easy and just stellar form at the moment. Ripping form, and I actually think he is my hot tip for the Brownlow. Uh, At the moment, I reckon he's leading the Brownlow. And if current form continues, I think he's going to be awarded the 2021 Brownlow medal. So... 
I, I can't see him slowing down at any stage. Um, Brisbane, the only thing you've got to really factor in, uh, do they tag? And if they tag, do they tag the track or do they tag the P.E. Oliver? I reckon they, they may play a Matheson on one of those guys. Um, you know, everyone knows that we both love Matheson. He's a, he's a ripping Great boy, guy. isn't he? Great, Great guy. guy. Really upstanding citizen. I think for me, can't look past Oliver. I think for the VC. Yeah. But there is another guy, isn't there, in the same game? There is, actually. Well, I well I am a big fan of the Oliver pick as a VC. If you do have uh, Dane Zorko in your side, he's, he's definitely worth a look. Obviously playing against Melbourne in that Friday night slot. Uh, his average in the last four against uh, the Demons is, is not too shabby, 120.25. With hmm. scores of 106, 155, 105, and 115. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, his current form is, is is quite good as well. His current average in the last few weeks, three-round average of 139.7, five-round of 123.2, so he is running hot. And you just expect that he'd continue that form. Something to note as well, in his last six games against Melbourne, he hasn't dropped below 105. Wow. So definitely one to consider if you do have him in your side. Unfortunately, I don't. Um, it's so, I mean, with the VC as well, you can take that bit more of a risk. I mean, it's probably slightly more risky if you've got a game with Oliver, but I mean, why not? Yeah, the, the one thing to factor in as well, just in terms of Zorko, is just keep in mind that Lockie Neal has been spoken about potentially to make his return into that game on Friday night. Yeah. And um, if it were me, just reading between the lines, uh, Brisbane's coach, Chris Fagan, was quoted as saying, uh, there's a chance that he'll be right for Friday night. He's progressing really well. Yeah. So the decision will be, we've got to buy the week after, as long as everything proceeds as planned, talking about COVID there. Uh, it may make more sense to wait until after that buy, but we'll just see what happens this week. So I think, yeah, you're pretty safe to say that they'd probably be conservative and give him this week off leading into the bye to give him the two weeks off in a row. Yeah. But um, just factor that in and, and keep watch on the teams as they're announced. Definitely. I agree wholeheartedly there. What about the next guy on the list? Yeah, next guy is uh, he's probably, it's hard to say as a Carlton supporter, but I think he's one of my favourites from, from Essendon. Yes. That man is Zach Merritt facing Richmond on Saturday night at 7.40, averaging in his last four against the Tigs 110.5 with scores of 143, 104, 102, and 93. And yeah, I think you could probably confirm this as well, Liam, but uh, are there any worries uh, in terms of Richmond's taggers? Now, they don't really traditionally tag, do they? No, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> As we saw a few weeks ago against Fremantle when uh, Caleb Sarong went to him, he's, uh, mm. he's not, not, not a big fan of the, the hard tag especially. Um, but I guess uh, it doesn't doesn't affect us as much as it used to, uh, especially with uh, Parrish on the scene now. Yeah. A bit of a one-two combo, I guess. Uh, you tag Merritt, Parrish jumps out, and he, he makes up our next option uh, for the captaincy, playing obviously against Richmond on Saturday night at 7.40. He's averaging the last four against the, the Tigers, 101.5. I mean, not too shabby. Scores of 99, 137, 84, 86. But it's really his current form that makes him the most enticing. He's got a three-round average of 140.7, which is just Ooh. crazy considering the price point he started Jesus. the season at. Yeah. Um, that move to the middles really helped his helped his scoring, as, as I mean, as you'd expect, but he's just kind of gone to another level. Yeah. And he does have a has have a very good average against the Tigers without ever having actually played as a full mid. So just some food for thought for his owners. 
he, he plays well against the Tigers. It's his second highest average against any side for for all his all his games. So maybe you know maybe it's worth chucking chucking the C on him. Uh, I might 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 consider it myself. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like those past scores, as you mentioned, aren't a true reflection of his scoring ability. Exactly. Because yeah, he wasn't playing in the midfield. He's probably playing what off half back. Would have been playing yeah in the probably half forward even. But the one thing that I actually didn't even realize this until you brought it to my attention pre-show, but he's actually increased 156.3k over the season so far. That has to be up there with among the the biggest appreciation in price. Yeah, it's it's absolutely nuts when you think about it. I mean, he's ranked uh, seventh as a mid overall, so the seventh highest scoring mid overall, and he hasn't played what three or four of those games from the midfield as well. Yeah, he was playing he's come from the clouds. Still only in five percent of teams. I'd say wow. after his buy, it'll probably go up. But I mean, he's sort of getting to a price point where you, it's going to be pretty hard to get him in six twenty two already. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, he's projected to somehow go up twenty nine point five k. But his projected score according to Supercoach Gold is 152, which, I mean, he's been playing well, but that's next level. But his break-even is still 85, so even with uh, what he's averaging now at 113.4, he's still going to go up quite a bit. Just just in terms of his price as well, so what is he, 622.1 yeah. at the moment. So he's almost up there as the second most expensive mid, or thereabouts. So he's probably on par with what's Bont. He'd be up there as well, around about that mark. So, yeah, he's um, geez, he's really come from the clouds. And I actually didn't even factor him in, like, going forth, trying to work out the top eight midfielders to target. I yeah. didn't even think of him. Like, I was thinking of like, Bont, obviously, Lions. But now he's up there in that bracket of, like, those guys I don't have that I probably should start to target. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's making my ears prick up, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm glad I jumped on him. Last week when he was, he went up 29.3K. So I got him just under 600 um, last week. Uh, but yeah, glad I, I'm not I'm not waiting on him too much longer. It's, uh, to me, it, it has very much the, uh, you know, echoes of last season for you, especially because when you jumped on Jack Steele yeah. before a lot of people did. And that there is the insights that you are, you don't get anywhere else. <laughs> Uh, you know, unless unless you're dealing with someone like yourself who is the Matty Rail of Supercoach. And that shows there that uh, you've got that insight, which is good to see. But yeah, you've jumped on quite early and you're reaping the dividends uh, uh, so far. Yeah, the ride the ride continues. It's not a roller coaster. It's a, <laughs> a flat, but it's constantly going up ride. Uh, yeah, it's a... It's like never drops. I don't know. A rocket. Yeah, like a rocket to the moon yeah. it's a rocket to the moon Parrish is a rocket to the moon uh, moving on to our <laughs> next option <laughs> moving on very swiftly because we're going nowhere with that apologies <laughs> listeners but uh, next option is Martin against Essendon uh, playing of course that same game on Saturday night average in his last four against the Dons is 115.5 with scores of 147 92 85 and 138 mm-hmm so not too bad there with a couple of big scores, but um, I mean, yeah, for me personally, I just don't like Martin's recent form, but as we know, he is dusty and he can just explode at any any given moment. Yeah. And uh, what a time to do it against uh, the arch rivals in Essendon. So 
he does present as an option, uh, but of course, yeah, I mean, I say, of course, you'd have to roll with the C on him, but uh, I mean, you could bypass any of the guys playing on Friday night and roll with the VC on Martin uh, and then opt for someone else uh, in a subsequent game as a C. But for me, um, in summary, I, I'm not a massive fan of him because of his recent form. He hasn't really, I think he's had three games above 100. So, um, I mean, in terms of recent form lines not a massive fan of that as an indicator of what could potentially happen on the weekend what are your thoughts yeah definitely so i'm not i'm not sold on him i mean he does sometimes like to play essendon sometimes he doesn't like he, he's not he's not one that comes out consistently every year against essendon but he has his he has his moments so i mean yeah he's, he's not one that i'm really considering but just one that i thought i'd throw in there as a uh, as an option moving on uh to sammy walsh from uh, the Blues. My boy. Your boy. Your boy. <laughs> Playing against West Coast <laughs> on Sunday at 3.20. Average in the last two. has only played two against the Eagles, and that's 113.5, which is very consistently scores of 114 and 113. So if nothing else, consistency. And would you believe that his average score to date so far is 113.6 overall? What? I mean, that's just crazy numbers. I mean, if he doesn't score 115, 113, around there, I'm just going to be super disappointed. Well, it lines up with his current average, so... I mean, I would like him to score, you know, 150 since he's in my team, but I'll I'll take it if if he gets 115, just for the... The numerology of it all. (laughs) But um, anyway, moving on to another option, uh, Jack McRae against Fremantle on Sunday at 6.40. His average in his last four against them is 105.25 with scores of 85, 85, 153, and 98. And his current form suggests he could go big with 136.3 as his current three-round average and a five-round average of 124.4, which is uh, just mammoth, as we know. So he presents himself as one of the top fancied options going into the weekend. But uh, as you alluded to earlier in terms of Sarong, tagging players he does face Frio of course Sarong could potentially tag him uh, and that's the main key concern for him Um, and also I think the next guy on our list yeah definitely so the next guy on the list is his uh, counterpart the Bond Um, obviously against Frio as well on Sunday night he's averaging his last four against uh, the Dockers is 103.25 that scores of 107 95 132 and 79 his current form line is V good uh, 137.3 in three round average and 134.8 in a five round average. So, I mean, it's one of those, those, those sort of his current form line is so good that it's worth it. But then you also look at his mm. historical data against Frio. I mean, maybe it's worth it as a late pick in the buy rounds. If, if your score is not looking too crash hot or if you, your score is really good and you're just like, let's just try and top it off. Yeah. He almost falls into the same boat as McRae, doesn't he? In yeah. terms of like past scores haven't been too good, but his current form is, uh, is mammoth. So yeah, I think probably go on current form, but I mean, you can't really sneeze at uh, past historical data because that can be an indicator of uh, future. Yeah. Success. Compare the pair. Is that... No, no, that's the opposite of what it is. Compare that's the opposite. <laughs> Ignore that. I was trying to. That do is bad financial pair. advice. That is that is why I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> anyway, 
moving on. Who are we going with, Liam? We'll start with you first. Uh, yeah, so for me, it's Oliver just presenting as such a great option on that Friday night for the VC. Like, he's, he's got great scores against the Lions in the past and obviously some very big scores in the past few weeks. I just don't think it's... It, I think just if you don't VC him, it is at your own peril. I mean... Just, just do it, guys, please. Or don't do it so that you don't get his VC score and I can power up the ranks. Very selfish of me. Unless, of course, you've got uh, Highmore uh, and if he's named <laughs> as, the, as the sub. Please do uh, it. Just, that again. just do it no. again. I, I always had the like same thing. Years. I had I had McRae as my loophole option. It's just by luck that I checked the, the teams before they went out. I would have got a 12 as my captain score. Oh, that was on the weekend. Yeah, that was just on the weekend. Jeez. I would have actually... Just I wouldn't have I wouldn't have turned up today. <laughs> that would have been it. Would have had to get Franco to, to step into your into your shoes. Franco, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, but if uh, if if Oliver doesn't go one twenty five plus, uh, I think I'm probably leaning towards Parish um, as the C. Mm. It's a bit of a bit of a risk, I guess. Um, but with his low ownership, it might help me also propel up the ranks. Yeah, it's quite unique. Yeah, definitely right. There is a bit of a bit of a pod, bit of a point of difference there, and yeah, may propel you if he goes massive. Like imagine if he goes to the heights of like Piggy Oliver did the other week, and because he's such a pod, yeah, like the amount of a leg up you'd get over the competition would be mammoth. I, I know we've also spoken about pods in the past and how you shouldn't go with them. I feel like I should justify myself now. I, I do normally agree. I think Parrish's form line made it worth jumping on him. Yeah, for Which sure. was the difference. I wouldn't jump on a, on a pod just because they're a pod. I normally jump on a pod only if they've got some sort of backing to their scoring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. It's not going for like a, a pod, like a, a stringer, for example. Yeah. Like he's going to have a, you know, it's got a big ceiling, but also a, a pretty floor. small yeah. floor as well. So yeah, it's a calculated risk, I think, at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and given he's... Uh, recent form line, um, you could probably uh, do a lot worse than, than taking a, a risk per se on Parrish. So I don't mind it. In terms of what I'm doing, I don't think I can go past uh, the big pink sweaty pig <laughs> in Oliver for the VC first up, given his past form line against the Lions. He's been in ripping form. And like I said earlier, I, he's my fancy tip for the Brownlow at this stage. And I can't really see him um, slowing down unless, of course, he gets a tag. But I think a lot of opposition teams now are tagging Petrarca as opposed to Oliver, and no one's really clued into the fact that Oliver is just, just as damaging, yeah. If, not, yeah, if not more damaging, as we saw against the Crows. He tore the game to shreds like Dusty Martin in that, you know, pretty much the second half, but especially the last quarter mm. against the Crows, and hoisted Melbourne onto his back, and it was it was insane. But yeah. if he fails to fire, I would probably roll the dice on either Zerrett or McRae, and McRae's probably more of a risk because of... His past scores against the Dockers haven't been too favourable. Um, so he's probably my third pick. So I think I'd probably settle for Zerrett as my captaincy option. Definitely. Um, just on McRae, just quickly, sorry. He's also won the won the ton run. Oh, he has too. Jared, Jared Lyons dropped off. I, I I meant to mention it earlier. Congratulations. Uh, but I thought, uh, thought I'd throw it in here. That's awesome. That's, um, gee whiz, it's half the season it went for. I didn't actually think it was going to go for that long. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's I mean... Lions obviously uh, got very close. Obviously dropped off this weekend. Uh, maybe maybe McRae will drop now. Maybe he was just holding out for that <laughs> for that uh, time run. 
Just wanted the you award. Just breathe a sigh of relief, just like, oh. Anyway, uh, congratulations to Merit. But moving on to our next segment, which is... I got to know. I got to know. Hey, I got to know. Our first question was sent in by none other than Cade Appleby, who is, of course, uh, as we spoke of earlier, our latest Patreon supporter. So thanks once again, mate, for... Um, for joining up and yes. um, yeah, showing your, your support. That, that really does mean the world. But he asked the question, G'day, guys. Is there any chance in any world you would consider downgrading Grundy to one of Coleman Jones or Ned Reeves and then upgrading to this week and giving you the chance to bank over 200K, which allows you to continue the upgrading through the buyers and having Flynn to still allow for your last upgrade to a premium ruck? Also, cheers, guys. Love your show. Thank you so much, mate. Thanks again for, for tuning in and giving us a, a listen. But firstly, I wouldn't be touching either CCJ or Reeves just yet. Uh, Coleman Jones uh, has only played the one game and will play second this weekend before he heads into the, his bye at round 13. I would look to grab him in round 14 instead because of that reason. Likewise, Reeves also has the bye this week. So no really use in going early on him either until next week. And in terms of your question about whether or not it's worth trading Grundy now, I have seen quite a few people on Twitter do this as a potential option. And I definitely wouldn't do it because no matter how attractive it looks with the cash it gives you, you're going to be left without an ultra primo in your ruck and just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Just because there's no one else outside of Gorn or Grundy that you really could target. Potentially Nick Nat, maybe. But... I think just in terms of what's been made over, you know, all the news that's been made around Grundy and his injury, I think the Pies are being ultra conservative given he suffered a neck injury at training a few seasons ago. Mm -hmm. And the fact that his scans came back clearing him of any structural injury is, I think, what's key here. And it makes me confident in thinking that he will be back after the buys. As we've said, it's a perfect time for him to get some rest over the buy period. And given only our best 18 score is counted, we aren't really desperate or reliant upon him playing from rounds 12 to, to 14. Yeah. So I would personally look to trade Flynn to Reeves after their buys this week. And like we said earlier, the 243.8K that trade will give you is enough to fund a decent upgrade in itself. So, I mean, I hope that helps, mate. But um, I do like thinking outside of the box. But in this case, because there is no quality in terms of you know, the ruck set up outside of Grundy and Gorn, it really isn't worth the risk. I mean, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul type thing. Like you're going to be yeah. getting in primos, but you're robbing yourself of an ultra primo in Grundy. So just quickly, thanks for joining our growing community, Cade. Uh, looking forward to chatting to you uh, this season. Yeah, my thoughts, uh, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. We actually had a very similar question from Darren in our Patreon about downgrading Grundy to Reeves and redeploying that cash to upgrade some fattened cash cows uh, to primos. And I'm, I'm 100% with you here. We had a bit of a discussion about this uh, earlier uh, off air. And I thought, all right, I know your points. I'm going to be devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, gonna gonna point out something, and I just I can't do it. I just I can't. There's no way for me to think of it in a way that makes sense for yep. me logically. If you trade Grundy out to Reeves or CCJ, and then you hold Flynn back to upgrade back to Grundy later on, you're still gonna be using two trades, getting Grundy out and then back in. Yep. And you're not using the cash that you're making because you're gonna have to hold some of that over to then upgrade other cash cows to mm-hmm. primos if that makes sense. So I think it, it's sort of, as you said, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul, but the way to do it logically means you're actually not upgrading your team in any other way. You're kind of just possibly getting another score um, when you could just trade Flynn out, 
to a Reeves or a CCJ in a couple of weeks and then use the, his score as a, as a cover until Grundy comes back in. I think, as you said, I'm not too concerned. I think they're being conservative. They know that with the buys, he's only got a couple of weeks. Might as well give him, the, give him a bit of an extra rest and then bring him back. Probably being worried, obviously, with him having suffered suffering a neck injury. As you said, not structural um, or nothing structural was found, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. And that being said, sorry, a big point of why I think we should hold him is that it is just across the buys. Yes, it's looking like he'll probably miss about three matches, one of which is obviously the bye, but that also coincides with the best 18 structure, which is, to be honest, the perfect timing. It's the easiest time to actually have to, I guess, cover him because you don't really have to. Um, you can bring on Flynn, you can bring on Reeves, you can bring on CCJ, whichever way you decide to go. And with that being said, while Reeves and CCJ are going to be great downgrade options, this also isn't the week for it. Uh, CCJ's obviously only played the one game. You don't want to risk the trade in Touchwood, nothing happens, but you know, he gets injured or, or something like that and then doesn't play on after that. You've then wasted a trade there. And Reeves obviously also isn't playing this week. Likewise, you don't want to trade him in. If anything, I'd probably only be doing a trade of Grundy to another Ruck Primo, such as Nick Nat. I'm not necessarily advocating for this, um, but it is an option that you could look to take if you really wanted to. It's not without its risks. Nick Nat obviously has the potential to be managed. They don't tend to let him play a full season, um, which would obviously mean he's also missing some games that the Grundy would also be missing. So you're not really, the net benefit's not necessarily there. He also doesn't play in that tough buy round of round 13 as well. Uh, but he is obviously the third highest scoring ruck behind Gorn and Grundy. So it's more food for thought, but it's not necessarily a trade that I'd personally be making. Moving on, I guess, to our next question now. Uh, it's from Ollie at on Twitter at, at OllieHughes24. His question is, is Zach Bailey a trade? I assume he means trade out because I definitely wouldn't be trading him in. <laughs> um, he's quite a unique selection given he's only in 2% of teams. I would say he doesn't quite fit into the mold of a top eight midfielder or a top six forward. So in short, yeah. I would probably look to upgrade him potentially when he has his buy in round 13. That's probably the best time to do it. His output for his price hasn't been too shabby with an average of around about 80, but obviously he has a limited ceiling and his output may drop once Neil comes back into the line side and probably may be pushed forward a little bit more than you'd like to see. But for me, as I said, I mean, you probably started with him at the start of the year as a bit of a speculative, um, you know, I guess, riser. Um, he may be one to look yeah. at in seasons to come because I'm really impressed with him. He's a great young player. Uh, but for me at the moment, yeah, I'd, I'd look to upgrade him. And uh, now across the buys is probably the best time to do it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a no for me. Um, his average isn't giving me much of a much of a reason to, to jump at him. And I guess importantly, his current form line of 81.3 for three rounds and 86 for five rounds doesn't really have him looking like a top option either, as, as you mentioned. His highest score for the season is 102. So again, not the highest ceiling as, as you've mentioned earlier. Um, at this stage, it's a no. So I'd probably just be waiting to see if he does produce more as the season goes on, which doesn't look likely with Neil's imminent return. Uh, his break-even is right around his average as well. So if anything, he should actually drop in price in the next few weeks. So if you're looking to bring him in, I'd definitely be waiting until after his round 13 buy and uh, just seeing if you can get him for a bit cheaper. Uh, but realistically, I wouldn't be looking at him. And our next question comes from uh, one of our... I'm going to call him our number one ticket holder, I think, at the moment. Oh. Should, we, should we go as far as to say that? 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Empire at Empire underscore X. Check him out if you're not familiar with him on Twitter. Does some great work for the community. Uh, Cruncher Stats does everything else in between. Um, and great banter. Great banter as well. <laughs> yeah. And he asks... Somewhat of a stupid question, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, not not stupid, but a silly, uh, miscalculated question. Um, He asks, why am I seriously considering Crips? Now, I could probably just sum it up with with one sentence. Because you're goddamn crazy, that's why. (laughs) Take it from me, a previous owner who held him for the first quarter of the season and a Carlton supporter who watches him week in, week out. He just isn't the same Paddy Cripps we're used to, unfortunately. It hurts me to say, but he's not. Um, granted, he was good in the weekend. He kicked three goals, and um, I think he was, I would say, he's probably second best on ground but behind Heaney. But he still isn't playing his usual game style. Uh, he's relying heavily on handballs in situations he'd otherwise be kicking, which I think may stem from the fact that he has injured his back and uh, it may be hampering him. But the other thing as well is that his contested game style has diminished. So compared to 2019 when he was averaging 17 contested possessions a game, that number has now shrunk to 13.5 contested possessions, which has normally set a solid scoring foundation for him from week to week. Yeah. Sure, he's cheap, but his game has almost altered to accommodate presumably for that injury to his back that has been hampering him all season. So for me... I think, you know, I can see the appeal for non-owners um, for, or for people who haven't owned him before. But even so, looking at his, his past few weeks, like how many how many tons has he scored? I don't think he's really scored all that many. In the last three weeks, I think he went 90, mid-90s, mid-90s, and then obviously the 130 or whatever it was on the weekend. So even his past form line isn't, isn't he's not smashing out tons. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He's had two scores of 100 for the year 109 back in round three and 133 which is on the weekend um but apart from that scores in the 90s 80s mid 60s 70s so i mean that that isn't someone you want you want to bring in as a top eight midfielder i don't know that's that's just my thoughts what do you think Liam? yeah i mean i can't go past what you've got like the, the stats you've gone through you obviously see him each week so you you know him uh a bit more intimately than I do, uh, but <laughs> hey, no, that's Walshy. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm sure that was Walshy or Taranto. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't know him. I don't see him play the same way that you do every week. Uh, and so with that, I, I, I definitely lean to your knowledge. I think, as you mentioned, three goals on the weekend would definitely help boost that score up. Uh, so I don't think you'd be expecting him to score 130s week in, week out. Obviously, his contested games shrunk uh, to 13.5 from 17 uh, two years ago. So for me, it's a no. I haven't considered him. I really don't really understand a great deal of why people are. I don't see him from here being a top eight midfielder with his scoring, if that makes sense. So from if his scoring increases, I don't think he'll, he'll be worth the pick from here on out. I think I can narrow it down to the fact that it's just the name. People see, oh shit, it's Paddy Cripps. Yeah. Like at that price, any other year, if he was that price and he was uh, he was hundred percent fit and he was you know pumping out scores like he used to, absolutely jump on it. Would be you know one of the biggest bargains of the year. But at current, he's not the same Paddy Cripps. Yeah. So you know, just for a reminder, you're not purchasing the same Paddy Cripps of old for that cheap price. It's a completely different player. As I said, 
He's almost remodeled his game to be more of a, an uncontested possession type player, presumably to accommodate for that injury that he's, that he's carrying. But that's, that's just kind of my reading. Yeah, 100%. And I think, as you said, I think people are getting caught up with the name. Um, it's not like a player like Clayton Oliver, who, he, who was a big bargain uh, earlier in the season because he had one poor game. Um, and dropped a lot in price. It's, it's sort of the opposite. We've, we're seeing Crips have a lot of poor games, or a lot of not poor games, but poor scores, compared to his very high standards. And he's had a couple of good games. So it's sort of the opposite of what we saw with Oliver. And I think that's why he's, well, that's obviously why his price is so low. And that's why some people are starting to consider him. But I just don't think think it's worth the, worth, worth the option at this stage. For sure. Yeah, totally agree. Moving on to our last question that was sent in by Blue United uh, via our Discord, actually, uh, which, as we mentioned, is always good fun and banter on there. But he asks, why are people trading this week? Anyone you bring in will miss a week. Can you discuss the scenarios whereby it's good to trade? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. So I, I tend to agree. I think that you probably want to avoid trading in too many players who are going to miss this week. Um there's not many to me there's not a heap of reasons that I would be trading players in obviously if a player does present as absolute value and will dramatically increase in price then it may be worth trading them in now if it's going to cost you an extra you know 50 to 100k later on Uh, but obviously the risk here is that you're trading one player in and then having to plug a hole for them later on Mm. uh, in a future week because then they've got to have their buy so it only really works for me if you have a set 18 or very close to 18 players each week. Uh, and when I say close to, I mean, you sort of got 18, 17, 18 playing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it. You're going to have to trade in a few players already to sort of mm. cover it, cover a, a donut in a coming week. And obviously the other reason, which isn't super relevant this week is there's not many play. Uh, there's basically no players on the rebubble, but it's if there is a rookie who is going to have their price increase. In this case, you just want to bring them in to maximize their cash growth, uh, but obviously not relevant this week. Uh, but will be relevant in a few weeks with uh, Bianco from Collingwood, who mm. will have his first price rise before his buy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just just on that, we'll probably revisit this whole scenario um, going forward next week and the week after um, to really touch on those guys to jump on who have you know had their buys and jumping on those rookies, of course, that you know are going to increase in price because they're on the bubble. So. Yeah, it's it's another thing to factor in across the buys, but um, yeah, we'll we'll touch on it all going forward. Let's move on now to our Supercoach Edge group rankings. Round eleven, highest scorer who is in the Discord. Um, it's David from his team at D Dog Destroyers. He had a mammoth score yeah. of two thousand four hundred and eighty, and is actually sitting in a rank of forty nine. Well uh, he's currently in our Supercoach Discord chat as well, as we mentioned. So it's been great chatting to him and seeing his thoughts on trades. And uh, overall leader, would you believe, carry over overall leader again, fourth round in a row. <laughs> Arthur of Black on White. Uh, his overall score sits at 25,138. And his overall leader ranking, would you believe, overall in the competition Ranked 14th. That's insane. Crazy, mate. Well done. That's that's insane. Uh, and you can still get involved, of course, with our Supercoach Edge group. The code, if you're interested in joining, it's not too late. It is 798296. So um, have a look at that. Jump into the group. And, um, of course, at the end of it, there's uh, there's something on top of the, uh, the summit. 
He's in their lane. Yeah, there everyone's, is. Everyone's reaching for. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's just trying to claw their way to the top of the mountain so that they can, uh, they can get their hands on a, on a pretty nice... Nice bit of bling, I guess, uh, from Supercoach yeah. Championship rings. Uh, they'll get, obviously, you'll, you'll get your hands on that. You'll also have, I mean, the ultimate bragging rights because you took out took out the top of a group. But uh, you'll also get to have a bit of a chat, a bit of a chit-chat with us. Yeah. Uh, on the final podcast of the season, we'll, we'll pick your brain about how your season went, your, your strategies, and just a bit of banter as well. Uh, so good luck if you do enter. Uh, we're looking forward to whoever wins and having to chat with them. Absolutely. All the very best. And that brings us to the very end of the episode. But uh, first, just a reminder where fans need to be following us in order to keep up with our content. Yep. You can find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at DamoJ88. Myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. On Facebook and Insta, search Supercoach Edge. You'll find us there. And then if you do have any questions, feel free to email us at aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com. Uh, feel free, of course, to send in your teams and any issues with the buyers coming up and we'll uh, get back to you um, as quickly as we can. Absolutely. And uh, with that, wishing you all the very best of luck heading into our first buy of the season and hope your best 18 can punch out a ripping score. Yeah, definitely. Good luck, guys. Uh, I think I'm going to need it. Watch your back. I'm coming. Yeah, I know. I'm really worried. Catch us. See you guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 